get ready for an epic experience that you won't forget. The Be Your Best Self Conference, August 22nd at the Grand Event Center in Grandview Heights. You'll rub elbows with some seriously cool folks in the business world and soak up all sorts of wisdom about being a bold leader, rolling with the punches, and smashing through any obstacles that may come your way. It's not just about setting through speeches. It's about making connections and diving deep into learning that'll stick with you for ages. We've got a killer lineup of speakers just for you. First up, we've got Brian John, the brains behind Echo and Athena, who's going to drop some knowledge bombs about leading with love. Next, we'll hear from Shara Hutchison, the powerhouse CEO of Exposure, who's going to spill the beans on how to navigate change like a pro, whether it's in your personal life or at work. And then brace yourself for Stephen Carr, the mastermind behind Belief Force, who's going to show us how to kick those self-limiting beliefs to the curb and step into our full potential. But wait, there's more. We've got a lively panel discussion lined up where we'll tackle the ins and outs of working with different generations in the workplace, led by the amazing Dahlia Calgreen from United Residential Management. And to keep the momentum going all day long, we've got the one and only LaShondra Baker from LBB Edutainment as our hype woman. Oh, and don't even think about sneaking out early because we've got some seriously awesome prizes up for grabs at the end of the day. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. So mark your calendars, spread the word, and get ready for a day packed with inspiration and connections. Chamberpartnership.org backslash BYBS 2024. This episode of Business Inspires is brought to you by the Village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Find everything you need at marblecliff.org. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning. Good morning, everybody. This is David Polakowski, the Executive Director of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. This morning, we have Derek Grasso. Did I say it right? Grasso. Grasso. Yes. Dang, I was practicing it. Close. I, close. There's only five vowels, but you, you were close. <laughs> Polakow- you know, Polakowski. Yeah, you know, I mean. if I can get yours, um, which I probably can't, then we, we can just kind of trade uh, pronunciations. We probably could do a whole podcast on names and everything. So. Yep. Derek is the founder and the CEO of CYP Columbus Young Professionals. So how long has CYP been around and why did you do it? Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, CYP Club has been around since 2005. So 15 years plus now because we were founded when I first moved to Columbus. I knew one person from college and I didn't grow up in Ohio. I didn't go to school in Columbus or Ohio State or anything like that. I uh, grew up in the East Coast and moved to uh, D.C. for college and um, got my undergrad at George Washington and met a friend there who was um, in journalism. And um, anyway, the years passed, we kept in touch, and he was living in Columbus working for Channel 10. And so we decided to go into business together. And um, I figured at the time, it's like, hey, you know what? If I'm going to move somewhere, let's let's see. And he suggested Columbus. And I I think my first thought was like, well, where's Columbus? Um, and again, this is early 2000s. But even, you know, I know that that's kind of a thing, which is funny now. But um, Columbus has definitely uh, increased its visibility across the, the country over the years. But even even at the time, it was it was like I, I'm not as familiar with the Midwest, regardless of, you know, Columbus. So I moved here. I knew one person. Figure, I, I looked at around, how do you meet people? 
And again, I'm not trying to date myself, but like, you know, this is before all the social media, Mm -hmm. you know, iPhones weren't really, weren't a thing. Um, text messaging, like, you know, so you had an email account, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't as connected as we are now, even though, you know, we can talk about how connected we are as well as how divided we are, but, um, different podcast another day. Right. Right. So ultimately I moved here and I was looking for, um, an opportunity to find my sense of place and purpose, which is one of the things that we do with our impact Academy and some of the other programs. But, um, as a young entrepreneur, I looked around and I said, well, there's got to be a group I can join. There's something that I can, and there wasn't. There are, um, there were alumni organizations. There were pockets around neighborhoods and different things. But if you didn't grow up in a certain area, didn't go to a certain school, didn't, you know, you, you really couldn't connect with those things. And, and that's okay. I went to a lot of the chambers of commerce and, um, with all due respect, they seemed a bit older than, you know, my early twenties. So, um, I still went to them and I still networked and I met people, but, um, as I'm talking with people, I said, well, it should really be something uh, that is drawing younger people in, right? We've got the one of the nation's largest cities. We've got one of the largest populations per capita of college students and recent grads. And we've got all these universities, all this talent, all these companies. Um, anyway, so that's that was the foundation for it. It was there's a need. And as an entrepreneur, let me see how I can fill it. And as I started to grow, um, the idea with events for socialization and business networking and then getting to know the city, and giving back to the community, people started to come to us. And so the first event had over 100 people. And again, there wasn't really – it was a lot of grassroots. We were, how'd you get started? But the idea was really based in the sense of trying to build community and a sense of place and I was new to Columbus. I knew there were other people who were in the same boat. And of course, you know, saying that I didn't go to school here, um, I didn't grow up here. There are a lot of people in that, in that category, but there's also a lot of people who've lived here their whole lives and maybe want to break out of the, um, you know, the, the, the circles that they're in, or maybe want to approach new ones. And, and those people are coming as well. And so everybody was kind of converging on this organization. It was free to join. Anyway, that's that's the start of the CYP club, and over the years, it's grown, and we've done lots of cool things. So, how back then, without you know the lack of social media and what we have today, how did you network or connect with other young professionals to get them in, interested and involved in CYP? I think a lot of it was uh, talking to people. Right, there's face to face conversation. Um, everyone's connected to somebody who's connected to somebody. So it was really truly looking at networking and deciding, you know, what is it that I'm going to provide value for? How, how can I help this individual person or this group of people? How can I also help myself? Because I'm looking at it as a new person and I want to, new, I want to meet people. So how do I meet people? So I was kind of asking questions and getting to know folks. Um, and so I think when you have an idea and you have a good idea and you have um, the basis for something that can continue to grow, the more you tell people about it, right? Word of mouth. Um, a little bit of grassroots and talking to different people in the community and going to different networking groups and saying, hey, you know, um, we're looking to do this. And um, assuming it's not competing with what you're doing, which is it wasn't, um, we can complement. We can work together. We can collaborate. And that's, I think, is the power of, of networking and, and small business because um, you don't always have the budgets. You don't always have the resources and the time. You don't always have the audience. How do you build an audience? How do you grow an audience? How do you sustain an audience? And I think that's one of the things that we've done really well um, because we've had a consistent message that has evolved. But at the same time, we've had we've gone to the right people. We've asked for advice. We've asked for partnership. We asked for friendships, and we've given those. So over the years, it hasn't been hey, we've got something really cool that people are into. It's we've got something that we can provide for you that we can help you and what you're trying to do as well as what we're trying to do. How do we work together and make you know the rising tide rise with all ships? 
And that's, you know, I think important. It, it is just taking that chance and stepping outside the box. Yeah. And so I'm going to come back to CYP in a minute. Yes. You're an entrepreneur. Yes. What other things do you have that you have done? Try. Yes. You can, I mean, successes, challenges, you know, there what? are a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as an <laughs> entrepreneur, I'm sure it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, the, you know what I've, I've always tried to, um, kind of, I watch, I watch a lot of television, but like, you know, I always look at what I'm doing and saying, how can I spin off something? How can I sequel something without making it like a, a Xerox copy? That's a replica. That's not as good as kind of something that's different, but something that can kind of connect to the, to the center. So, um, the CYP club always was kind of the central, you know, focus point. And even more grounded in that is a sense of community. How do we get people to understand that they have a sense of community? Sometimes you have to get outside your comfort zone. Um, and at the same time, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to monetize things. You need to be able to pay for things. If you're doing an organization and it's free to join, well, how do you make any money? Which is generally the second mm-hmm. question I get. The first question is, uh, I'm not, I'm not young, young professional. What's a young professional? So that's usually what people ask, but, uh, generally, um, I've been able to, to build out programs, initiatives, um, and, and other businesses. So I, I own six different businesses. Um, I just got out of one at the beginning of the pandemic, but I'm still involved, which was more recreational sports leagues, which again, you've got young, young professionals and anybody, right? Everybody, whether they're good or not at sports, right? Everybody has some sports story of, of when they were a kid and they grew up in little league or they did something. Um, and I think that that allows people to network and connect as well. So, um, early on with the CYP club, we started to build out sports leagues. So one of the, one of the companies that was born out of that and was, was, uh, created, with two other partners, um, was a, a management of sports leagues for specifically young professionals. But then we started to get into developing with different companies and uh, team building and bonding and, and things that could go beyond just, you know, here's a touchdown and, and you win points and you go drink beer afterwards, right? Even though that's that's a lot of what the leagues are, it's socializing. So there was a, a recreational sports league. Um we uh, three years ago launched uh, the Columbus Impact Academy, which is a leadership initiative and, and, and community program that allows emerging leaders to come together, knock down silos, and focus on their individual, their group, and their community leadership. Um, so that's something that I've wanted to do for a while, but a few years ago we started that, so the Impact Academy. We actually took the concept on the road and built an organization similar to the CYP Club in Nashville, Tennessee, which is called Music City Young Professionals. Um, and essentially similar, the, the place and purpose, but also building the sense of community culture. So I, you know, we went outside of central Ohio, um, built Nashville, and um, now that has about 4,000 members. They're not doing events now either because obviously we're all on pause. We're all in purgatory, but we're still doing virtual things and we're connecting, right? Um, and then at, while I while I had been kind of building the CYP club, a lot of people would come to me and ask for my advice and like, very, very honored and humbled to give advice and, um, and we get back to that monetization as well. Um, and again, the CYP club does get monetized. We do make some money. Um, we have lots of great partners and events and sports leagues. And so there are definitely, we have a magazine. That's another spinoff that, um, it's called city pulse. And we just had our fifth edition that, that launched young professionals guide. Um, and then over the years, as I mentioned, um, companies and cities and economic development organizations would come to me and ask for advice. And I would give it to them. And, and oftentimes they would pay me, which is nice. And they would fly me out to a different part of the country and I'd be there for a couple of days or a weekend um, or I'd lead conferences or I'd help them develop their strategy for attraction and retention of talent, young professionals. 
but really more on the sense of how do you build that community? How do you build that audience? The CYP Club, as I hadn't mentioned, now has, you know, over 20,000 members. And, you know, over the last 15 plus years, it's, it's continued to grow. We've, we've obviously lost members too, right? People, people lose interest. They switch jobs. They move out of town. Uh, they get older and not young professionals anymore, right? That happens too. Well, and that's when, what is the age range for, to be part of CYP? Typically we've gone from, um, 20s, 30s, early 40s, but we really, we start at 21 because we have events that are, you know, uh, at restaurants where there are mm-hmm. drinks and so alcohol is available. But um, so the membership starts at 21 and it goes till about age 45. Everyone taps out at a certain point, typically at about 35 uh, to 40, people are starting to kind of, you know, decide I'm not, maybe they're not young professional anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people in their early fifties are still coming because it's networking too, right? Um, certainly they're not going to play in our dodgeball league. Maybe they will. They're invited. Everyone's right. Available to do that. But um it's a decision that each person, but usually we're, we're in the age range of 20 to 40, give or take a couple of years above. Um, we never kick anyone out. We always just say, Hey, it's you self select out. But for what it's worth, um, you know, we've been able to connect with a lot of people and it's probably been close to 40 or 50,000 people that have joined in the last 15 years. And then, you know, over 15 years, people, again, they're going to mm-hmm. age out. Uh, they're going to lose interest. They're going to move to another city. They're going to, um, looking for a job that they join the organization and they're going to find that job or they're looking to meet somebody and they meet them and they go off. And I've been, I've been invited to several weddings and people have had babies after not right away, but right at least nine months, but generally longer than that, um, where they've met, they've dated, they've met through the CYP club, um, uh, through some of our sports leagues or our social events. And, and that's just how people meet and connect. And then they find a commonality and boom, they're married, they have kids. And I'm like, this is great. This, I had kind of a small hand <laughs> in connecting those, those individuals and, you know, kind of creating life in a sense. So it's really interesting when you look at and you try to, you know, try to trace it back to, um, you know, that sense of community where people will go with it and, and how I can help people without ever meeting them, which is really cool for me. And especially for a business that has always been an entrepreneurial venture, but also is really rooted in, in the, uh, in the Columbus and the greater Columbus, uh, central Ohio community. So you talked about the different programs you have. Yep. What's, you know, some of your initiatives you have going, some of the new ones, moving forward in this time of pandemic yeah. and, you know, what, we're all, we're all playing, we're all playing dodgeball in some way. Yeah. So, you know, what do you guys have going? What are, what are things that people can get involved in? So I, um, I have kind of looked at the CYP club in phases, right? So this is, um, we've kind of gone through f- uh, three different phases, each of about five years, give or take. And it didn't necessarily um, happen that way uh, by design. Some of it was just, you know, this is how it goes and you evolve and you, and you develop. But when I first started it, I knew that I wanted to look ahead five to 10 years, and often people are saying, well, that's, that's a long time. Well, you know, if you have an organization that you want to grow. Um, and now on the other side of it, when we're 15 years in, you're like, okay, well, I've, I've checked off these things. I may not have gotten to some others, but what do you, how, do you, how do you look ahead? And as I'm getting older as well, because I started an organization, as I jokingly say, where I have an expiration date. I'm going to become, at some point, a non-young professional. Um, and maybe I've already met that, that age range. But regardless, I think we're all young at heart and we can all be involved, right? Um, so what we've got now has built off of what we've done in the past, which when we really started was let's get people together. Let's try some cool things out. Let's do some events. And it then became something. And, and as you know, we, we're, we've built to about, um, 
Uh, we had at one point we had 11 different staff members. Now we have uh, five, and that's for various reasons. But we we also you know lost a couple of uh, individuals during the pandemic. Thankfully, they've they've moved on to other jobs. Um, but at the same time, our organization has been part staff and majorly volunteer volunteer led. So we have um, an initiative called CYP Club Cares. That's a board of 20 volunteers focused on volunteerism in the community. So if we've got 20,000 members and they can each pitch in a little bit each week or each month, everyone's a little different um, with the time that they can give, how many hours can we collectively donate in the community? Well, over the years, um, you know, our volunteerism initiatives have have grown to about eight to 10,000 volunteer hours every year on average. Um, and that is a collective. That's just events that we've hosted. We've got education. We've got people up on boards. Um, and we've raised over $550,000 that we've given in cash to the community, not, mis- you know, donation and cash. And, oh, wow, you have 550K. But yeah, basically, um, we've done a lot of really good. And because of our large members, we've wanted to do a lot of that. So one of the initiatives is really focusing on community impact. Then we also built out the Columbus Impact Academy, which I mentioned is our leadership initiative. That's in year three. And that's evolved because um, a couple of years ago, we, we started to um, come up with some new ideas. So City Pulse was an idea that we came back to. City Pulse is our, um, our annual magazine. Uh, we started it in 2012 with um, young professionals to know. And then we built a focus on neighborhoods, nonprofits, and notable people. We try to make a nice alliteration whenever we can. And so City Pulse um, was on for about a couple of years, and then we, we took it off the table. We said, it's taking a lot of time. We want to make sure we focus on other things, but we brought it back. So we brought back City Pulse, and now we're into year five. The Columbus Impact Academy, um, it would have been five years that we've been organizing and leading the Grandview Hop Summer Series. As you may know, many of your listeners too, Grandview Hop um, had started in about 2005 as well mm-hmm. with a bunch of uh, merchants in the Grandview community. Um, and then it got taken over by the, the chamber. And uh, then it was given over to Destination Grandview. And then it was kind of like this hot potato, as I like to say, that was kind of passed around. And, and we, uh, we kind of grabbed onto it and we were talking with um, – uh, the previous executive director at the Destination Grandview, and they've remained on as as a partner ever since. But they basically said, we're not really in the events game. You guys are. You're doing hundreds of events mm-hmm. a year. You've got all these thousands of members. You guys are doing cool stuff. Um, hopefully, you've got the pulse of the community. Let's see what you could do with it. And we, we took that and we ran with it. And we've, we've built that into, um, at, at least as of last season, a series that four times a year over the summer that um, has raised over 70000 for local charity through just having a beer garden, um, a street party supported by city council, Destination Grandview, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership, um, the, uh, the mayor's office, uh, Parks and Rec. A lot of people come together for that, and we have uh, several thousand people that attend, probably about 4,000 4, or so people on a you know, non-COVID year, which obviously we had to put put uh, the Grandview Hop this year on pause, um, but we'll come back next year and we'll we'll uh, we'll have some ideas big, you know, back bigger and better. But that's one of our initiatives as well, the Grandview Hop. Um, and I talked about the City Pulse. We've also given out some awards. We have um, twenty individuals who are called the Next Up Columbus honorees. Then we give out awards for uh, best workplaces for young professionals, which is called Wonderful Workplaces. So there's a lot of different things that we do, but we've also had to put some things on pause as well. 
we had a, a big event a couple of years ago that we did for two years, and then we said, this is just not working. Um, it was called the Corporate Team Showdown. And it was really fun, but it was a lot of work, and, and there's a lot of other things. It was a team bonding experience uh, with, you know, Teams playing um, playing you know volleyball all day long and kickball and it was kind of like this big sports uh, sports uh, activity event on a on a full day at the uh, Grange Audubon Center downtown uh, Metro Park rather anyway uh, we did that for a couple of years and we said well that one's that one's a hit for a bit but it's kind of a miss so let's focus so we've had some great successes we've also had some things that we've learned uh, you might call them failures you might also call them you know opportunities where we can learn to do better but you know you got to try something and if it doesn't work you try something different or you say hey this isn't our thing let's uh let's not try to do everything well and i think that's in the nonprofit world that's everything is trial and error yes you never know who's going to buy into it or participate or anything. So it is just throwing things out there and yeah. seeing how, you know, we had an event a couple of years ago called the tri village uh, restaurant week. And uh, that was fun for about, I think we did it for two years as well. Um, and it just, it, it, it had lift and people were going to it, but it was just, again, it was one of those things where it's like, it wasn't really that special. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like, you know, a lot of the restaurants bought into it. And, um, obviously we have Columbus restaurant week and then we have, um, you know, uh, I think Dine originals, right. Restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then you get into like, there's burger week and then there's beer week and there's steak week and there's all these different things. And, and speaking of weeks, we also have an initiative that we, that we wrapped up in August called Columbus young professionals week, which um, ordinarily would be in person, but we, we assembled 88 different partners around the community, mostly young professional initiatives, organizations, employers, nonprofits, colleges, universities from Otterbein to Ohio State and everyone in between. Um, and that initiative, we hosted uh, 33 events, um, all virtual except for a drive-in concert at uh, Polaris, which was pretty successful, except for the fact that there was about a 40-minute monsoon right in the middle of it. So can't really have much of a concert when it's raining outside, but that's what happens when you get into these outdoor events. Um, we went from last year, this, is, this, would, this was year four, so we'll do YP Week again, mm-hmm. um, Young Professionals Week in year five. This is another initiative. Again, it's why not do a whole week where we're collaborating? It's a collaborative calendar. We went from having about 5,000 people attend last year to over 30,000 people attend virtually this year. So we look at it at, at some of the pros and cons, and not everyone can do, you know, 33 events mm-hmm. in one week over seven days, but we've had, we had a lot of collaborative partners. Um, so that's another initiative where we were, we were trying to tell the story of Columbus and bring people together. And it brought a lot of people together because we were able to get them at a distance and say, hey, we're hosting an event that you don't have to actually go anywhere. You can just log on to your computer. Uh, or you or you're open up your phone. So these are some of the things that we've done. I like talking about them. I know that uh, some some <laughs> of it's you know it's it's droning on maybe, but it's it's like they're like all little um, kind of like little little kids, right? That we've that we've been able to grow and, mm-hmm. and put out to the community and see what they do. Um, and some of them you kind of say, hey, we're going on your own, but um, it, it's interesting to see what we've been able to do with um, with a pretty uh, with a pretty lean staff and a, a pretty solid vision. So, and that's one of talking about collaborations. We are collaborating on a new award. Uh, the chamber is going to be uh, presenting awards at our annual meeting, and we are doing a young professional award together. Yes. So, more information on that will come, but it will be a young professional, and we'll stick in that twenty-one to forty, forty-five range, yeah. I guess. But. Um, someone has been nominated. So, you know, when you look at that, who would 
who do you see, you know, what does someone need to be recognized as a young professional in the tri-village area. Yeah, I think I think it's a great opportunity, especially that we're collaborating on something because, again, if we're siloed, that's one of the things about the Impact Academy and a lot of the things we've done is you could do a lot of different things, but together you can do more, you can go further. Um, so I like that, and I think that that kind of kind of exemplifies what a person would look at somebody who's thinking about the bigger picture and maybe it's you know uh, they're they're giving back they're getting involved they want to be a part of something larger than they are mm-hmm. and again that's not necessarily everybody and every single thing that you do right sometimes you you just you're just doing your work and you're you're totally fine you want to clock in clock out but I think that what what this um, could be, especially because it's the first time, is really identifying someone in the tri-village community who is doing something really cool. And I oftentimes, there's a lot of great people that are getting recognized. You've got, you know, Business First does the 40 under 40, and uh, Columbus Alive has uh, uh, people to watch, and um, Smart Business does their Smart 50, and Columbus CEO does their Future 50. And so there's there's lots of great ways to recognize individuals. But I think that oftentimes, what I like to do is is focus on the people who are kind of the um, the unsung heroes, the people who are doing really cool things. And again, the people who are being shouted out off the rooftops or doing awesome things, they're great, right? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You have to toot your own horn. You have to have, you know, uh, in many ways, uh, public relations and, and people singing your praises. But there's also a lot of people who who aren't necessarily um, as loud or as, as extroverted and don't get those opportunities, yet they're still doing the same great things. And so I like to hone in on the folks who are doing kind of like some of the quiet, behind the scenes stuff that um, you can point to and say, yeah, they've, they've been consistent. They're going to be someone who's going to change the face of this industry or their company or their organization or the community of the world. And that's, that's what I think this could be is, is somebody who um, is really doing something great that, um, you know, maybe doesn't always get the, the same kind of applause uh, for whatever reason. And we can give it to them here. But that's, I think, the thing we need is yeah. organizations as yours that helps train the next generation being a nonprofit. I'm not going to be, I'm, you know, hopefully someday going to retire. And, you know, we always want to make sure that there's somebody there to follow in the legacy and continue what we're doing. Might be able to do better, you know, right. You know, one of the things I was always told is do your best at your job because somebody's probably out there that could do better. Yeah. You know, so replace you at least. So it's, it definitely gets you uh, motivated to move faster and forward. Right. Yes. I think we're going to have to do another one. We're going to keep doing part two, po- part, part, two part three, <laughs> part talk 10. About the sequeling, we yeah. can talk about a lot of things, I think. And we'll throw Tony in here next time too. Yeah, you know? He's a young professional and, and the effect that it's had on his, his career moving yeah. forward. So, but thank you. Thank you. And thanks for the work that you do for the community, because oftentimes that doesn't that doesn't always go um, as seen. It's kind of like you've you've been there, you're consistent, and, and people. I don't want to say people take advantage uh, of that, but sometimes you don't always recognize, um, you know. So say thank you, because mm-hmm. when it's always been there and it's consistent, people think, well, it's it, it's just the way that it is. You know, there's nobody really pushing it, and and we know the work that you do behind the scenes and also in front of people. Uh, so I want to thank you for the work that you've done in building the chamber and the programs and the membership, because the membership continues to grow, which is amazing. Yeah. We're, you know, we're seeing different things at this time, but I, I think, right, you know, of course we have a good team. Tony and I balance each other out well, and uh, we do a lot of conversations and that's how things get going. So, cool. well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. It. Check out CYP. 
Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening to Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community. With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose, the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us spread the word about Business Inspires.